Hello, sci-fi fans. This is David Nickel from Stargate Atlantis, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, this is Miles P. McLaughlin. And tonight, we are sharing a little bit of love from Shore Leave 37, right Miles? Yeah, that's right. We I had a, the opportunity to have a nice little conversation with uh, David Nickel. You know, and I remember when we did our very first interview with David, and just one of the nicest and down-to-earth guys that you ever met. Absolutely. And, um, and was that your experience meeting him in person? Uh, it was a great experience meeting him in person. He was totally cool. He was up for anything. Um, you know, he's been on some of my favorite sci-fi shows over the last five years and um, longer if you count, you know, you know Stargate Atlantis. Um, you know, I had to get a chance to talk to him like that. It was just awesome. Yeah, so he was in Fringe. And he's what other shows has he been on? I'm missing some. Uh, well, he was... Um, he, he he guest starred in uh, Minority Report. That's right. A few weeks ago, uh, he, he has been on several episodes of Arrow, where right. I like to say he plays a Russian mobster with a heart. Um, <laughs> he's a good friend of the Arrow in that show. Um, but uh, we probably know him know him and love him best for his work on uh, Stargate Atlantis. Doctor Zelenka. Doctor Zelenka. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lo- loved him in that role. Really good role for him. So we're going to be sharing this interview. Tell me a little bit of the context on how the interview went down. How did you uh, get this interview? Yeah, I think I talked to him a little bit either Friday or Saturday. I just I just introduced myself and just said when we have some time. Can I? I told him about the podcast and if we asked him we could interview. He he was totally down with that and he said you know suggested Sunday would probably be more time. So when when Sunday morning rolled around, I asked him and. It was not too busy um, at the autograph tables, and, and so we, we, we found another table, and we did the interview. And uh, he also liked the uh, the microphone rig that I was using, right. that, that yours, uh, and he said, oh, yeah, I have something very similar. He uses it for work. It was yeah, so, yeah. so you were using the, AT, the ATR2100 microphone, and uh, we were using, I guess, Boss Jock Pro or whatever it is, mm-hmm. hooked in with the, the iRig Pre to kind of work as a preamp. So, yeah, I know there's other technology out there, but that's what we use to kind of record it. So he, he's up on all the technology. I guess he uses it for work and auditions and everything. So. It makes sense. It's convenient and mm-hmm. does a pretty clean sound, as you'll see. Um, we had a chance, of course, to interview him, what, about three years ago? Three, four years ago now? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was soon after Stargate Atlantis had ended. And um, was Universe may have been on the air. I don't know if that was on the air anymore I or not. I think it was on the air at the time. And this was before I went through my binge watch of... Uh, Stargate SG One at Atlanta, so I was not as familiar with his work at the time, but right. um, but I am I'm very familiar now. And we were interviewing him because he was doing a movie called The Monster Lake Ogaboga or something like that. Oh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm probably mispronouncing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gave us a good 20 minute interview, right? And uh, I think what we're going to do for you guys out there listening is uh, some of you may not be familiar with that interview, so we're going to share. Um, this interview we did shortly because it's more current. You'll hear him talk about some of his other stuff and new, newer stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. that he's in. Um, but then we'll also share this because there's some things for those of you that are Stargate fans out there may have missed this interview. And we're just going to tack it on at the end so you can kind of hear, you know, him now and, you know, our interview from three or four years ago. Yeah. And if you if you're at a con and he's one of the guests there, make some time to 
go over and say hi, get autograph picture from him. He, he's one of the really nice guys out there in the sci-fi world. And he really does appear in a lot of different sci-fi shows. Right. You'll definitely see him. You definitely have seen him before, even though you may not know his name. Mm-hmm. He's my, most notable as... Um, of, <laughs> Of who was McKay's whipping boy? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, in Starcade Atlantis. So, um, all right. Well, I believe that is about it. So, uh, enjoy the interview. We'll play the one from Shoreleave, and then there'll be a segue, and you'll hear the one that we did with him over the phone. just stopped working. I got some of the functionality back. It still isn't doing everything it used to. Yes, well, maybe if people stop insisting on having food and liquid in such close proximity to the 10,000-year-old equipment... Hey, we're very careful. We're not the problem here. Uh, Yes, Uh uh-huh. What did you touch? Nothing. I didn't touch anything. What is this? and we're hanging out with Mr. David Nickel, known in love for his work on Stargate Atlantis, but has been seen on such shows as Eureka, Sanctuary, Fringe, to name a few, and most recently in the movie Tomorrowland, and on Arrow playing what I like to call a Russian mobster with a heart. <laughs> Mr. Nickel, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so Stargate Atlantis has been off the air for six years, but it's still watched and loved by many sci-fi fans. It, it still has that rewatchability. Can we go back to the beginning and tell us how you got the role of Dr. Radek Zelenka? Yeah, way back in the in the mists of time, right? It, uh, it's been, um, was 04 when we started, so that's a good, yeah, 11 years now since mm-hmm. the, since that audition. My goodness. Um, well, uh, they cast the uh, the pilot. I remember going into the auditions for the uh, for the pilot, and I actually read for Dr. Beckett, mm-hmm. uh, for, the, for, the, for the Scottish guy. Uh, Polly ended up getting that, uh, and uh, it sort of went away. And then a couple of months later, I got a call to come in uh, for to audition again for uh, for Atlantis for another part. For this time, for a Russian scientist. So I, uh, I I came in. It was called. I still have the sides from that. It was, the character was called Karpov at at, at, at the time. Uh, I read that, and then when they told me that uh, they'd like me for that, they uh, and found out that I was Czech. I am Czech. Uh, they uh, they changed the name to Zelenka, and that was kind of the, the beginning of it. And I had no idea, and I had no idea the whole five years how long I'd be around. Mm-hmm. So it was always sort of an episode to episode kind of uh, kind of deal, and it ended up being the whole length of the run. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, one of my favorite shows. 
I thought you and David Hewitt had great chemistry with McKay and Zelenka. You, you would go, always go at it. To achieve that, did the two of you have to do some work off camera to work on your performance, or did it just come off naturally when the director said action? It was it was pretty natural. It was pretty organic. The way it, it, the, the sort of the chemistry is something you can't. Um, you know, it's kind of lightning in a bottle. You, you, you can't always create that. Yeah, it ends up just sort of happening. Uh, what we did work on, we did work a, a little bit off camera, was was just getting the technical lines down because we had some pretty you know, big paragraphs of of mumbo jumbo to, to <laughs> in Star Trek terms, techno babble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got a lot of techno babble to sort of get through, mm -hmm. so we uh, we ended up uh, working a little bit on that. But otherwise, the rest of what you see is just what what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was well, pretty fun. It was very entertaining. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. So he's great to work with. Yeah, he, he I'm, I'm absolutely. Double. Oh, I'll tell you, I love stunts. Stunts are fun to do, uh, but producers are often a bit uh, wary about actors doing that for insurance reasons. So whenever I get a chance to do some of my own, I, uh, I always ask if, if, if I can. And, uh, and in that particular one, yeah, I didn't. And uh, there's a few that they had to do for, uh, stunt doubles for me, but a couple I got to do myself, which was good. And they, uh, we had a great uh, stunt coordinator, Bam Bam, who's on Arrow now. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked with him on Arrow now since and uh, he had a great crew great team and we uh, we managed it, it's kind of like being in grade 5 again you know <laughs> you bang bang and then you explode and then you fall okay that'll be fun so that, that kind of stuff was really cool it's like being a kid again I, I, could, I could imagine that'd be a lot of fun uh, the, the producers indicated that they were interested uh, at the end of the what was it second season yeah that, that I was on there um, the third season came and went, and now I think the fourth season is just about to ramp up production. So fingers crossed. Hopefully they'll uh, they'll have it back, have me back. That, that that'd be awesome. We're at a sci-fi con. I'm nerd out getting a chance to meet and talk with you. What are some of the things that you nerd out on? Oh, you know, I, 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 the fans themselves. It, it's quite phenomenal seeing the, the kind of creative creativity and the, uh, the 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 effort that goes into this, and uh, and just the fun, the joy that people have in uh, in doing this. You can see it see it on people's faces. It's uh, it, it's it's remarkable, you know. And I've I've been in uh, on cons on different continents and different countries, and it's 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 the same kind of community. It's a really friendly community. It's a uh, it, people are here to have fun. They're friendly. Uh, that's my favorite part of it. I really enjoy that. Cool. Um, so what else can we look forward to seeing in the future? Uh, I just finished a, a, a drama, a medical drama with uh, Jennifer Beals called Proof. Um, okay. So I did uh, an episode of that. Uh, there's some talk about another show that I can't talk about, unfortunately. Okay, we'll just keep our eyes open. Uh, yeah, well, I, hopefully, if, uh, you'll know on Twitter if it, uh, if it, if it, if it comes through. Um, and what was the most, yeah, I think that was the last one I did. It was Proof. Yeah, that was about uh, a month ago. So, okay. Yeah, that's what's going. That's great. Well. Ready? Take one. A serpent, possibly a plesiosaur of indeterminate size. Big. Think Loch Ness. It will be the greatest zoological find in the history of marine biology. Why the Ogopogo? Well, I, I grew up on Lake Okanagan, and the old beast has fascinated me ever since my first encounter. You've seen it? We're looking for the Ogopogo. Ogopogo? It's just like his father. Thankfully, not too much. I couldn't take it. Trying to find the beast of Bottomless Lake. We are on the cusp of a new era. Ah! <laughs> This is its resting area. 
That's a lot of speculation, Dr. Moran. We cannot track the beast. Pogo Pogo is for sale. Get your Pogo before they go-go. Ah, let's go fishing. Okay, you're going to place live electrical wires in the water. Electricity attracts the beast. Oh, oh, I could rig up a charging mechanism that would attract Ogopogo to us. Isn't that dangerous? Not if you know what you're doing. Well, have you ever done this before? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? Let's take off to the lake like we used to. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're fans of such shows as Human Target, Fringe, Sanctuary, Eureka, Psych, and Seven Days, uh, you'll be delighted to know we are speaking with uh, Mr. David Nichol, who has guest starred on such great shows and has been a regular playing uh, Dr. Zelenka on Stargate Atlantis. Uh, Mr. Nichol, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you very much, Miles, and congratulations for making it through the uh, that minefield of names. I know. Oh. I mean, I mean he, you know what? He could have added a ton of other science fiction shows that you've been kind of guest starred on. Is there? A, is, do you have affinity for science fiction shows? Well, you know, it's funny. I get asked that, but uh, it doesn't really happen that way. I, I mean, I have an affinity, of course, for uh, for science fiction shows, but uh, it, it's not me that does the choosing. It really is the people that are that are putting me in these things. So, uh, it also has a lot to do with uh, the Vancouver and how Vancouver has 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 become. Uh, I just saw an. Um, a story on it in the CBC, how Vancouver has become a hotbed for, uh, and it has actually been a hotbed for a long time for of, of, of science fiction. So it's just kind of what's around and uh, what I go out for. So I, I guess, yeah, I guess it has become an affinity, but it's an affinity that I certainly am proud of and uh, really do enjoy. Yeah, well, we love seeing you in the science fiction shows that you certainly have been in. Uh, among some of our favorites, Fringe, I'm a huge Human Target fan. I forgot that you were in Human Target, just for that one. Yeah, time. that was a fun, that was a fun one. That was, uh, we just did that one about, uh, Oh, it's clocking about a year now, but right. uh, Mark Valley and uh, those guys were great to work with. Uh, uh, great concept for a show and a really uh, fun episode, that one. That's the one where we were in the airplane. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's totally cool. Well, tell us a little bit about Beast from Bottomless Lake. You know, dun, dun. A, a, lot, a lot of our uh, listeners will not have been familiar with this movie, and it's kind of making its rounds in the uh, international circuit and has won numerous awards, but tell us a little bit about it. Well, absolutely. The Beast of Bottomless Lake started as a labor of love with uh, uh, two friends of mine that uh, I've known for uh, several years, Craig March and, and Kennedy Goodkey. The Beast of Bottomless Lake basically follows the story of Paul Moran, who's a cryptozoologist, uh, uh, in his quest for finding the mythical Ogopogo. And the Ogopogo is, um, much like the Loch Ness in Scotland, a... Uh, a, a quasi-mythological figure that lives in Lake Okanagan in, in British Columbia's interior, just about four or 500 uh, kilometers away from here. So we uh, packed uh, our uh, our script and all of our actors together, threw them into a, into a, a camper van and uh, went up to uh, Lake Okanagan and uh, began filming The Beast of Bombless Lake about uh, two years ago. It took a long time to, to put it through post and to get it all edited together into, uh, into the final product, which has just debuted uh, a few days ago at uh, VCon here in Vancouver at the, uh, at the science fiction convention. And uh, for all intents and purposes, it's really uh, turning into a quite, uh, quite a little indie darling. We've uh, um, already 
had it up at the um, Okanagan Film Festival in Kelowna, where we won the Audience uh, Appreciation Award or the Audience Favorite Award, and in Mississauga, where I think we uh, we also won Best Feature for the uh, at the Mississauga Film Festival. So, in its in its sort of baby steps towards getting out there, it's uh, it's already uh, uh, ticked a um, uh, had a few successes. No, and that, and that's awesome. Tell me, uh, and, you know, it's kind of it reminds me of uh, a bit of a. It's a bit of a comedy, right? Mm. It's kind of the way it's, it plays it's, it's more than a bit of. A, it's more than a bit. A comedy. Um, the the um, if if you actually Google Beast of Bottomless Lake, what you'll you'll, you'll find. Um, is apart from uh, links to us, you'll also find uh, links to an episode of Scooby Doo from the seventies, also oh, called nice. the Beast of the Lake. And uh, the parallels are not uh, not entirely um, un, uh, unbecoming. It, it's very similar. It's a team of five people that, uh, under a very um, uh, well, very driven, uh, almost Ahab like in uh, if uh, almost Ahab like. Uh, uh, leadership of, uh, of of Paul Moran uh, go after this uh, this this beast this uh, this this so called Ogopogo and everything of course that can go wrong does go wrong and uh, so it sort of it's it's it follows their trials and tribulations in uh, in in finding this thing. Well, very cool. And now it's based on a real myth, right? Yeah, it is. It's 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 based on the uh, and and. Many people still believe that there is an Ogopogo. Uh, lake Okanagan is a is a is a very deep lake and uh, goes from Kelowna all the way up to Vernon and down to Osoyoos in the uh, in in BC's uh, beautiful Okanagan country. Uh, and because it's a deep lake and has a very uh, uh, many different layers of uh, of sediment, they never have been really able to fully dredge or or, or actually uh, f- find the full depths of this of this lake. And there's many reports of uh, of of sort of like um, humped-backed creatures that have been uh, sighted on the lake, and people sometimes think it's wakes from boats or or sturgeons or particular large types of fish. But there's been a myth around uh, the Okanagan around the Ogopogo for many many years now. Oh, very cool, very cool. Well, Miles, yeah. uh, do you have any? Uh, do you have a question here? I'm doing just fo- yeah. A follow is uh, is the movie available on DVD now? Because how how. Uh people interested can, can watch it yeah unfortunately not we've just sort of uh put it through into some of the got it into some of the um film festivals here in uh in uh, the okanagan and in, in mississauga so we're just getting it uh out there the dvd is 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 on its way i understand but i think what we need to do is still get it out to a couple more festivals first right. now getting okay. it out, getting it out to the festivals will that Will that enable to hit? Obviously, it hits the critics and it hits the people that attend the festival. But does will that eventually work its way into the independent film circuit, or will it? Because uh, um, I mean, there are independent film companies or theaters around where our area where we're at in the East Coast here. But uh, or will it make it into the mainstream theater? I mean, where's the goal? What's the hope? Indeed, yeah. Well, the, the the goal and the hope is to get a distribution deal and and to get someone to be able to actually make the DVDs and to and and to put it out into a into a broader um, uh, public domain. Um, you know, of course, we we have the option to uh, uh, to do this on the internet also and to uh, and to and to self publish. But with with um, you know, film of this size, it is a full sort of two hour long feature, and uh, uh, we 
we are looking to to get a uh, distribution so that it does go sort of over and beyond uh, what would just be sort of like an internet release or a, or, or a DVD release. So fingers crossed for that. We're trying to get it into some festivals where there are some distributors who might have an eye on on it. And it's it's a great little piece, and it's it's a story you know that hasn't been told, and it's a it's a corner of the world that hasn't really been uh, explored that much in in, in film. So it's uh, it's a tremendous little um, little opportunity, I think, for someone that uh, that uh, that that could use a film like this. No, absolutely. Now you are at a. Are you going to have a? Are you going to a conference this next week that'll be uh, that you'll be talking about? The film? Uh, we've actually, yeah, we just, we had just had it up at uh, at, a, at a convention here in Vancouver called VCon, which was just uh, the weekend past. And um, I would uh, I would uh, maybe direct you guys or to, to whoever is interested to the Facebook page for Beast of Bottomless Lake, and there's there's links to all the different um, interviews that uh, we had done and uh, and more information about the uh, about the film there. Oh, very very cool. And you're know, talking about. Conventions? Do you make any convention appearances apart from the Beast of Bonmas Lake? Hmm, interesting. You should mention that. That's <laughs> not. Uh, yes. Uh, apart from the Beast of Bottomless Lake, which actually was my first convention appearance with uh, with this particular movie, I have been around to a few of these before in my capacity as Doctor Zelenka from uh, from Stargate Atlantis. So I've been uh, I've been doing that for uh, for a few years now as well. <laughs> uh, and what what an icon! I, I was a fan of Stargate Atlantis. Loved. Yeah, you know, thanks. Yeah, wasn't was that a great show? What it a was. shame! That it's I, I'm, I'm just I'm just. I just can't believe you put up with Dr. Rodney McKay all that year. <laughs> I, was, I was paid to. <laughs> that helps. That helps. It does help. But believe me, it doesn't take the sting away. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what was it like working with, what, David Hewlett? Uh, you know how many times I've been asked this question? <laughs> okay. Well, then how is it? No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I'd be very happy to answer it. It's uh, it, it's just sort of like I, I kind of know how uh, Laurel felt when he was being asked about Hardy all the time. Right, right, right. Well, you know, you, you know, your role in there really as, in a sense, the smart doctor that gets beat on the whole time. You know, yeah, kind of, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, I kind of felt bad for you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, I think that's maybe a reason why maybe the character has resonated with uh, uh, w- w- with so many people. I mean, who hasn't been put upon and unfairly put upon by uh, by you know uh, megalomaniac, blowhard, uh, egotistical uh, you know boss? <laughs> that pretty much describes him. <laughs> yeah, I guess in, in 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 not so not as many words. Yeah, so it's um, I, I mean working with David has been has has been was of course tremendous, lots of fun. He's uh, he's not like the uh, the, the character. He's a he's a great guy. He's a lot of fun. He's a fantastic actor. We had a lot of fun doing our um, uh, our, our, our scenes. So it was uh, it was just sort of serendipity that it came together. Uh, I mean, I was never really I wasn't in the pilot of the of, of the series. I, I came in in the second episode when uh, of the first season. And um, Brad Wright, who's the producer of the um, of, of of Atlantis, was on set that day and sort of said well you know what this is a kind of a character that we've been looking at for for a while and because uh, Rodney has all the techno babble and uh, you know it's easier to sort of explain what's going on if it's a conversation rather than a monologue so they they kind of brought me in to, um, to sort of share the, 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 the workload in terms of 
describing it and the the dynamic sort of evolved from there so, so you kind of function as like mckay's confidant sort of yeah confidant foil uh yeah all all of the uh, all of the above it's basically someone to to to, to share the uh the, the the technical responsibilities of atlantis right right now i mean you were also as a part of that in sg1 then as well right there was a uh, you know what there was one crossover episode. Yeah, it was um, the uh, what was it? Uh, oh goodness, I'm. It was I'm, called. I'm, it was I'm, called uh, Pegasus. Pegasus That's Project. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the Pegasus Project. Yeah, that was a crossover episode, and uh, just before SG One went off the air, I think just before its 100th, I think it was like the 98th or 97th uh, episode uh, was was Pegasus Project. Yep, and that was the only crossover I did with SG One. Now I know Rodney McKay uh, started out in SG One, right? He was the doctor there before he came over yeah. to. Uh, hey, give me a second. Give me a second here. Yep. I need a wonderful three-year-old son, but he's just thinks he needs to get in on the interview. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't left him watch Stargate Atlantis because the Wraith are a bit scary. They are a bit scary, yeah, and there's lots of explosions and stuff. <laughs> you know, talking about Stargate, we interviewed uh, Tori Higginson this past year. Oh, she's tremendous. I Isn't love Tori. She? And, uh, and Christopher, yeah. Christopher Heyerdahl. Okay, yeah, he's great too. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Absolute character. He's another uh, – now, now you're talking about Vancouver. You live in Vancouver? Yes, sir. That's where I'm calling you from tonight. Okay. For some reason I thought, well, I guess, I guess, I guess that's on specific time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we're at what six thirty now. The sun's yeah. going down right now. Yep, yeah. it's, been, it's been down here for a while, but we're in the <laughs> where, where are you guys out in uh, Nova Scotia? No, no, we're actually we're actually in uh, Pennsylvania. So in, Pennsylvania, yeah, oh, okay, US, yeah, so down there. So, Copy but uh, yeah, so where were we at? <laughs> Stargate, I guess, right? Stargate, that's where we were. Right? Stargate, yeah. Stargate. Um, now, one of our one of our uh, listeners asked, and I don't I don't know where he got the information, but is it true that you needed to be coached on the Czech accent. That's funny. That's a funny. Uh, uh, well, no. Uh, the, the the information is such that I have mentioned before that. Well, I mean, I am Czech. I was born in Prague. Uh, I speak Czech at home here with my uh, with my family. But because I grew up on the West Coast, um, I, I don't have the accent native uh, to me. So um, the irony was when the when the part came up of an Eastern European scientist, it was originally supposed to be a Russian guy, actually. And at the audition, I said, "Well, you know, I." I am Czech. I speak the language. I, I have I have the heritage. I just don't have the accent. But I, I, I you know I could do the accent because I hear it around me all the time. And uh, that's when the character changed from being a Russian character. That was right in the spec script, right when it first came out uh, from being uh, I think it was Doctor Ruslan or whatever it was or Karpov. That's what it was to uh, Doctor Zelenka. They changed the name and they uh, they changed the nationality to, to Czech. So no, I don't I don't get coached on it, but it's a, it's an accent that I do have to do because I don't naturally have it in my. Uh, uh, you know, in my in my English, I just have to put on the Eastern European, as it were. Okay. <laughs> right, and I guess what? Uh, uh, well, I guess I guess that's a, Paul, Paul was doing the British accent. Carson Becker. Right? Paul was doing yeah. Carson's yeah. Uh, he's doing the Scottish accent. That's yeah. right, the Scottish accent. That. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, it, it reminded me talking about a show that reminds you a little bit of Trek. The international oh. the international yeah. cast there has that same feel that. When you watch yeah. a Star Trek episode, not to compare it to Star Trek necessarily, but it does have that same feel. Yeah, yeah, and that was actually one of the things that really attracted me to the project when when I when I first heard about it is this uh, sort of team of international scientists and and it, it, it kind of the way it started out was a real. Uh, uh, 
sort of take on this the, the Star Trek um, ethos that, that you've just mentioned, you know, the, this uh, collection of humanity, this sort of representation, this sort of test tube of humanity out in the cosmos beyond where we've never, ever been before and unable to come back. I mean, that that is such a, a great starting point for, for any sci-fi show. And I think that's what sort of fans latched onto when it uh, first started out. No, I, oh, absolutely. Miles, did you have any comments? Yeah, um, I, I still have to catch up on SG-1 and, and Atlantis, but I did start watching uh, Stargate Universe. Any chance mm-hmm. we could see you uh, make an appearance on, on- <laughs> I just I just talked to uh, <laughs> Joe Malazzi uh, a couple weeks back saying, so what about Zelenka and Destiny? Right. <laughs> What's gonna-? And uh, I, I mean, of course, he, he said, you know, because of the conceit of the show and they're billions of light years away and, uh, and, and in a different reality. And plus, also, let's not forget, uh, there is a script that is been writ- has been written for the uh, much anti Anticipated Stargate movie, uh, in which I understand that uh, I, I do participate. Zelenka is is in it. So, depending on if that ever gets made and what happens, because quite frankly, I haven't read, or I don't think Dave Hewlett or any of us have read the the, the script for the for the movie. So, there's some goings on there. I think that must relate to, or might relate to what is happening on Universe. Yeah, I know that they. Uh, I know IMDb has a Stargate Extinction, but that's been up there forever. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it- <laughs> we were talking with what, Miles. We talked with Picardo over a year ago, and he just said, "Oh yeah, that project. It'll happen yeah. someday. It'll happen someday." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just always up there as 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 in production. So it's the longest running Stargate production ever. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> it says it's out for 2011. <laughs> right, right. We'll, we'll see. Well. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see what happens. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. <laughs> oh, please do. Well, so tell us what's in the future for. For you, uh, okay. I, mean, well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, you're promoting this movie. That's probably the big thing right now. The Beast of Bottomless Lake. Try to get the word out of that. Yes, sir. Yeah, exactly. Getting the word out on uh, on the Beast of Bottomless Lake. Uh, I just finished a uh, an episode on a television show called Fringe. On uh, the third uh, third year, uh, third um, season in the seventh episode. Oh, we have that to look forward to. We love Fringe. Yeah, oh, Fringe yeah. is pretty fun. Fringe <laughs> is pretty fun. I like. I love the show, and it was really great to meet Anna Torv and uh, and and John and and all the, all the people on the on the show. It was it was a great experience, and uh, and you play great. A do you play a minister in that one? Is that right? How did you? What are you looking at? Yes, I do. <laughs> IMDb, man. It's a, it's a godsend. <laughs> oh, it's already there, is it? Oh, okay. They, they, yeah. they mentioned it. I think it says that you're mentioning it, that, that you're doing yes. it. Doesn't it say that? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Somewhere I read that, but. But yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what their uh, what their policy is on spoilers. So I I, I don't know uh, if I can even say that I'm a minister. But yes, if you if you have that information, then that's exactly who I play. Okay, I play, uh, Reverend Mar- Re- Reverend Marcus. Reverend Marcus. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, Very cool. so great fun. Uh, it was uh, yet another show that's shooting up here in Vancouver. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, another sci-fi show. I think it started out in, uh, in in New York, and then they brought it out uh, out here to to, uh, to Vancouver. But a tremendous cast, uh, really fun, and it was boy, boy, it was was it ever nice to to, to, to get back uh, into sci-fi world again? I really enjoyed that. Yeah, well, very, very good. Well, we gotta soon wrap it up here. But before we go, where can people find out more information about the Beast of Bottomless Lake? 
Thank you very much. Uh, Beast of Bombless Lake is uh, online at Provost Pictures, P-R-O-V-O-S-T Pictures.com. Uh, we're on Facebook also uh, at the Beast of Bottomless Lake. And uh, if you go to my website, David Nickel, D-A-V-I-D-N-Y-K-L.com, uh, I'm sure there's links to, uh, to all of these projects there as well. Oh, very good. And do you have a Twitter? I don't have the Twitter. No, I, do have, <laughs> I don't have the Twitter yet. Okay. On Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, yes. Yes, very good. All right. Hey, thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. My yes. pleasure, Scott. Thanks, Miles. Uh, and, thanks uh, for a great Yeah, and good luck with the movie. And uh, we will be looking for it coming down the pike. And if we don't get it here in our area, at least a DVD. What do you think? They put nine chevrons on that thing for decoration? No, I'm saying. If it had a function, there would be information to that effect in the ancient database. You always say that. Yes, well, because we've already begun to scratch the surface of the ancient database. But that's not what I'm saying this well, time. Spit it out. I've only got so much time I can devote to these exchanges. But what if the ninth chevron, instead of sending someone tens or even thousands of light years away, can send someone millions, like across the universe. Okay, you know, when you say stupid things like that, it makes it very difficult for me to respect you. Okay, fine. Enjoy our mission. Thank you, Radek. I'm pretty sure he's being sarcastic. Thank you, Ronan.